You're listening to the Nuff Said Podcast, real strategies for customer success. Hey, it's Chris and Nick, co-founders of Nuff Said, and today we're talking to Nicholas Strawberg, CCO of Hive, and we asked him the question, why should the customer team own customer marketing? And here's what we learned. Changing the way we do customer marketing leads to world-class retention rates. So here's the way that Hive Streaming does it. First, they run a series of live events with customers. They then record customer stories on video and in writing. They measure their customer marketing team on the number of customer stories that are produced. And then they share those stories internally with employees and externally with other customers to create a customer-centric culture top to bottom. So that's the TLDR. Let's dive in. So one of the things that we did, we, we always said, like, if you want to become customer centric as a company, right, you need to start with all of your employees. And a lot of the times where I've seen having been an advisor for a lot of other companies when it comes to customer success is that there is always the risk of customer success becoming a silo, even though in one way, it's almost like the fabric of everything that you do. And one of the things that we did here is to say, well, the best way of convincing everyone internally of the value of our customers is not telling those stories ourselves is to do what you're doing right now, is to bring the customer stories to our employees. So we launched an initiative, which we call the High Video Experience Chronicles. So starting on a monthly basis, we invite a customer to a 45 minute fireside chat session, right? So it's a 30 minute, like planned everything, the questions like we have done for this interview. But then the final 15 minutes, we allow everyone to ask questions. And that is giving a lot back to our engineers because they are never never interacting with customers on a daily basis, right? But if they account for more than 50% of the company in terms of FTEs, I think we actually, you know, we need to give something back to them so they can actually see how are customers appreciating things? What impact are we having out there? You know, people love to hear stories because they can relate to it rather than talking about features or percentages, et cetera, right? But when you hear a moving story, you can put a face to it. It just becomes live. At your organization, customer marketing lives where? Lives in the customer office. Okay, so that's very interesting and unique. So maybe let's spend a minute talking about how did the company arrive at the decision to put customer marketing there? When I started at Hivestream back in 2020, I made it my mission to really get under the skin of our customers and understand like their needs deeply. And what was really interesting, what we saw here is like Hivestream coming from a very strong engineering culture, and we've had the success of signing more than 140 customers and the majority of them on the global Fortune 500 list. It was just so very interesting to see that the full needs of our customers were not really being addressed. And when I talk about customer needs, I love to think about the psychological aspects of them, right? So we normally talk a lot about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, and we try to translate those into the needs of the customers. So you have the basic ones, which is one, the needs of the company. Why did they buy our product in the first place? And then you have the second one, which is the need of the team that actually took you in, right? Because normally you have multiple stakeholders who are part of making that decision. And then you have the third one, which is the need of the individuals on the other side. So the champions that we were working with. And after doing maybe like 30 one-on-ones or so with these champions on the other side, one of the things that I really realized is that they were having a massive impact on their business but they were not getting the enough recognition for it, nor internally within their organization, nor within their community, and not even within our organization, right? And it really left me thinking, I was like, why is this the case within large enterprises when they're so huge that people are assuming the risk of bringing in some kind of startup technology 
that is driving massive impact in the organization. So they assume the risk of this if something fails, but they never get the recognition if it provides massive outcomes to the business. And this was some reflections that I brought up later on to our executive leadership. And I thought, what if we would actually make it our mission to help them craft the stories and tell their stories to get that recognition, right? So would that add additional value to our customers and increase the overall customer experience of being a Hive customer? And that was still like kind of the initial conversation that led us to think about when we design marketing in general, we need to separate two things. One, which is demand generated that works very closely to sale. And the second one where the purpose is to elevate the customer experience and help our customers get more value out of working with Hive, but also elevating the overall customer experience by helping them with this piece of recognition. Mm. That's really interesting. Have you seen that having customer marketing within your purview has materially affected your renewal rates? And how does that translate to outcomes for your own company? So um, if we look at our customer success team in general, like to focus in a little bit on that, we actually removed the responsibility of a quote on them, right? So they don't actually have a renewal quota in terms of commercials. Now, what they are responsible for, however, is to drive adoption of customers to also help them reach their outcomes. And more importantly, this should lead to customer advocacy. So there is a cojoint motion, like the outcome is really, like the final outcome from our side is really to drive that piece of advocacy together with our customers. And what we're seeing is that if that is becoming the goal, well, a customer wouldn't really do a story with you if they're about to churn later, right? So it's about getting beyond that just functional value that your product provides and provide value for the individual and for that person's team. And even for the company on the other side, right? Because if there's one thing that all tech companies are part of, it is that we're all part of a digital transformation motion in some way, shape, or form. And we need to help them tell that story so that we're making our customers the heroes of the story so that they can shine, attract better talent in the future, and position them, their brand in a better way and keep the talent that they have. Customer advocacy is measured in lots of different ways. How do you know that customer advocacy has been successful? Is it a count oh. of these video re recordings? Yes, we look at, yeah, we look at uh, a lot of those things, right? So at the moment we have, since it's still pretty early, we started this initiative back in October. But if we look at it at the moment, right? So there are two things that we measure at the moment. We have a pipeline for custom stories. So you need to work on identifying enough custom stories, right? Because not all of them will be approved, especially when you work in the enterprise space, there is always some kind of, you know, corporate policies prohibiting you maybe from doing a, uh, a story together with the customer. So we have a pipeline for that and obviously have to identify and then drive them through that to then complete X amount per year. Uh, on top of that as well, we also have the internal one, which is an initiative, which we call the High Video Experience Chronicles. And this is part of our overall customer centricity focus within the company is to bring the custom stories to our employees. Now, if customers are happy to participate in our internal events as well, this is also a good benchmark for measuring that they're happy to become advocates also internally and tell their stories to our employees, invest that time and give us their perspective. That's great. So you're, but what you're saying, what you're kind of banking on is that there's going to be a high correlation between some kind of customer story, whether internal or external, and the renewal, because someone's unlikely to participate in one of these things if they're not happy with the experience with the company. 100%. Yeah, nice. Okay. Have you seen that reflect in the data that you track, like company KPIs? And when you look retroactively at who has engaged and who hasn't? 
Absolutely, right. I mean, if we look at the pipeline that we're having at the moment with customer stories, I mean, first and foremost, uh, we do it on behalf of the customers, right? So it's about telling their stories. Um, but if we try to run a correlation, right? So the customers who have agreed on this one, we have seen net revenue retention level of 130 plus percent on these customers, right? So there's a direct correlation about when you built trust with customers and when you have actually provided value beyond just the product and, and focus on the adoption, but actually helping them tell the stories and shine internally within their organization. Do you ever try to, I'm just curious, do you ever try to use this technique on a customer who feels like is, has a low level of engagement as a way to try to give them some visibility in the category? Get them no, we haven't actually. And okay. no, we haven't actually. Um, and I think it's, it's for a simple reason, right? Uh, I think that when you work with customers, the first thing you need to focus on is one, delivering value to them. So the functional value that we talked about, right? So picture Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Well, we need to deliver the basics first. And unless we do that, we cannot build trust with the people on the other side. And without building trust, we cannot develop the relationships. And unless we have the relationships, I don't think that we're in a position to neither tell a good story because there were no outcome and to have the level of trust that they should invest and take this motion with them on their side and get the necessary approvals. Totally makes sense. Customer marketing is usually under the CMO. How do you work with your marketing team to make sure that the communications are coordinated uh, and that you're telling the right overall story across the company? That's a great question. And to be honest, right, at the moment, we don't actually have a chief marketing officer. We have a chief revenue officer who is responsible for all revenue, right? And we have a head of marketing who is responsible for driving demand in general. So working very close with the sales team and the SDR team. Um, but if we look at the, cor like the correlation between these teams, the way that we see it is, we have a North Star of the stories that we want to tell. So we have a framework for the stories that we have. So this is something that is central across the entire company. So there are certain guidelines of you know, how you position a story, what are the things you should push for. But more importantly, it's actually the people working on the customer marketing team who drives, who retells the stories from the customer's perspective that later becomes content for the marketing team as well. Because what better way of telling the market than leveraging the voice of your existing customers? I have a, another question, Nicholas, because you, you're very thoughtful on your approach with working with marketing. What role should customer success play in defining pricing? Because pricing today is most companies is defined by marketing and then influenced heavily by sales <laughs> in, a, in an industry where renewals drive the company's overall health. So how do you think about that? In our case, we try to really leverage the voice of the customer from all parts of the organization, right? So I don't think that there is one team that has the right answer. The most important thing is that you need to see everyone's feedback as being very different. If you have the sales feedback, it's normally reflective as the people talking to the customers before they become a customer. When you get the feedback from a customer success manager, you normally get the feedback that is when they have been a customer for a longer period of time and validated whether that price feels fair versus the value and outcomes that they are getting. There are different types of how you price your product on that. But just an example of what we did, we actually did a massive change to our pricing last year, and it was a lot due to the feedback from the customer success team. And that was that we felt that the pricing that we had previously was not really related to the value that customers were getting. So we needed to change the pricing to be reflective to the adoption curve of the customers and the way they're using the product 
and the way that they are scaling the value they get from it. So we had a massive impact at Hive Streaming from the customer success team in making sure that the new pricing was reflective and correlated 100% to the value that our customers were getting from it. Hmm. So you moved more to, or at least you have a component of your pricing now that's usage-based pricing. It's 100% usage-based, oh, wow. to be okay. honest. Yeah, nice. so the more, okay. the more video someone um, is, uh, the more video, the more viewers someone is having with their, with their employees, like the more people that are attending live events, the, obviously the more you consume. Hmm. Interesting how we've come full circle in software on, uh, on pricing, back to usage-based pricing. <laughs> I'm curious uh, to double click on the, you said you have a pipeline of customer stories and where my brain goes is if I'm a CS leader in another company that does not have customer marketing in my function, what is the motion I need to take to make that happen in my org? Like what is the structure of the team and how are they uh, measured? How are they held accountable in order to actually execute this? Every organization looks differently, right? Um, in our case, it was trying to understand the dynamics of our customers, like who is our customer on the other side? What are the challenges that they're having? And what is the need? What is the effort of getting to a position where we can make that ask? And in our case, working with large enterprises, it takes a lot of time to build that trust because you also need to work it out with a lot of stakeholders. And if, if you feel that the relationship aspect is important, one of the most important things that I would say is it makes more sense for customer success to have this as a target than marketing. Because why would you do a handover and involve someone who have, where, the, where there's no established relationship, someone who doesn't know the small details of the story of the customer, when it makes so much more sense to just keeping it within closer to the customer success team and hold them accountable for having this as a goal? And it's also one of, one of the interesting things that I see that happens when you do this as well is that the customer success team will also automatically start thinking about bigger pictures from the customer side, right? Not only focusing on your product features, but also starting to think about what bigger role do we play within the customer's organization? How do we align with the strategic objectives that they are having? So magic happens really when you, when you marry these two up. In most companies that we talk to, customer marketing does one of two things. They either generate content, so they're like a content engine into the customer base, or two, they're responsible for engaging, uh, putting in place the low touch engagement systems for your scaled low touch customers. So the, the ones that are paying a couple hundred bucks a month kind of customers. You didn't mention either of those in the customer marketing program. So does, how do you think about accomplishing those two tasks for customers at Hive? The team is responsible for making sure to deliver content as well, but serving like really as well as an enabling function to the CS team. So if you think about situations where you might have blockers with a customer, let's say that, okay, we have an immature customer who needs to become a maturing customer. If you talk about segmentation from an organizational point of view. Now, what does this customer need to achieve in order to become a more mature customer the way they think about what we are doing? And then it's all about like creating educational content as well that CS people can use to have in meetings, to share with them whenever they're having like this, to, to, to really provide value, like in terms of educational content as well to our customers, right? Okay. So I think we should not underestimate the, uh, the importance of educating your customers because interacting with hundreds of different enterprises, you get so many ideas 
and recycling this one from different customers, putting them into a program where you can share. It's kind of like buy customers for customer stories. You create magic as well because other customers always wants to hear what happens with your other customers as well. Hmm. Okay, so so customer marketing owns educational content, an advocacy pipeline, both internal and external. Mm-hmm. And Definitely. and then what about do you do you have a low touch team or a low touch model that you run at Hive for small paying customers? No, we don't. Okay. Uh, most of our customers are you know in the very enterprise space, so yep. Um, yep. we have a very high ARR in general. Yes. Okay. Great. So that makes sense that your marketing team is focused more on the, the content and the advocacy. Do you do anything to measure whether or not the educational content that you're putting out is effective? So one of the things that we are always tracking is we look at it like in terms of relationship footprint within the organization. And when you're working with enterprise customers, they have so many teams around the world in different functions, et cetera. So the amount you're able to like the correlation between the relationship footprint, for example, getting introductions to a new team or getting higher up the value chain in terms of getting to new stakeholders that are more executive levels. Those are kind of ways you can measure the effect of these kind of things. Because if someone gets an, an educational piece of content, they might share this one internally with someone else, their boss, someone else in a different team. And this could, in many cases, generate new opportunities to get to know new stakeholders within an organization. And that's it for this week's episode of Nuff Said. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to your podcast platform of choice and make sure you're subscribed. And tune in next week for more real customer success strategies. Nuff Said. <laughs>